Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Tom Wells here. Today is Friday, September the 21st, 2018, 8 a.m. Eastern Time, your first daily dose of happy for this beautiful Friday. And we hope your Friday is as good as your Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday have been. Of course, we also hope they've been as good as your weekends are. Of course, we hope that they're as good as everything. We hope that they're all good. But we especially hope it today, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, that covers just about everything right there. Well, good. Then I've done my job. I'm glad to hear that. You know? <laughs> How you doing, Tom? We haven't talked in a week. Uh, How's it going? Oh, it's going all right. A lot of changes. Um, you know, I'm just uh, hanging in there. Hopefully um, good changes, I would say. I would think. I would hope. Well, yeah. Yeah. Everything is is actually just the way it's meant to be. So I'm I'm okay with everything. It's just, um, you know, digging deep into aspects of my consciousness that have never been explored before. So it's fascinating. <laughs> Growth is an amazing thing, isn't it? We're, we're constantly yeah. doing it. Um, if, if we weren't doing it, we'd be dead. And, you know, <laughs> so it kind, of, kind of, it kind of keeps you going that way. Like, well, you know, I woke up, I'm breathing today. I guess I must not be done. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> One way of looking at it. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's, um, it's an evolution and uh, I, I trust that it's all, everything is always for the better in the long run. And, um, in the short run, it's going to be sometimes challenging. Mm-hmm. It certainly can be. Yeah. We get lots of opportunities to decide how we're going to react to things, don't we? Almost every single hour, let alone every single day, you know, just yeah. continuously. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's always there. Yeah. Every single second. <laughs> it, it's the practice, I guess, you know, because cause we're getting lots and lots of opportunities to practice being deliberate creators. That's really what we're trying to do. I mean, that's what this show is about. That's what all of us who are followers of Law of Attraction are about. We're trying to learn to be better deliberate creators so we can have the abundant <sighs> lifestyles we all want to have, right? Yeah. Well, you could say that's what we're doing here on the planet, too. I mean, this whole 3D reality is like, what are we doing here if we're not, you know, learning to... uh to find ways to be free and enjoying and allowing and learning and growing and expanding. And, you know, it's sort of like, it's all part of the, it's all part of the game. Every, every single thing that happens to every single one of us is exactly what's meant to happen on some level. You know, it's not, there's nothing that's going wrong here, but sometimes it can sure feel mm-hmm. challenging, you know, or difficult. Oh, yeah. Well, well, Joel Elston today posted on Facebook, that scientists are now actually exploring four dimensions. And my response was, I'm still having trouble handling three. You want me to handle a fourth one? (laughs) (laughs) Why are they saying four? I've heard there's five, six, seven, eight, ten. I've heard there's like a lot of dimensions. Of course, science is different. Science is always has to verify, verify, verify. Well, yeah, exactly. And that's what this is. This is scientists who are saying this. Apparently, they're... Scientists don't know anything anymore. In <laughs> well, I mean, on, in quantum, I love it, on a physics funny. level, I love what that, what that, one of the most famous quantum, I think is James Fenneman, this real famous quantum physicist, right? He said that if any quantum physicist tells you what that he understands quantum physics, you know, just run the other way because there's nobody who knows what the, what's going on when they get into the realm of of uh, waves and quarks and particles and all these things. Nobody really knows what's going on. Oh yeah, I'm. Well, I certainly don't know what's going on. I mean, I've read it. I'm a fairly intelligent <laughs> guy, and my mind boggles every time I read it. So I put it down and yeah. go back to doing something else in three dimensions because it's easier for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right on. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's true. You know, I mean, one just, of the comments I made to Joel when he posted his thing was, you want me to, to deal with four dimensions? I'm still trying to deal with the fact that our entire universe is made of matter that evolved completely from our own thoughts and is not independently existing of us. And now you want me to add a fourth dimension to that? I can't handle that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a big one, the fact that it we're... That everything is originating from our own holographic projection. <laughs> it's like, oh, so I'm creating all this somehow. And um, so that means I'm responsible for everything that shows up in a way into my reality because it's my projection. I don't know what Walt's projection is, but I certainly can see what mine is and hear it and feel it. And wow. So, you know. A lot of learning going on here. Oh, yeah, In- including how we're going to respond to it, because that's really what it's all about anyway. How how are we responding to all this stimuli that we're dealing with? And that's, mm-hmm. that stimuli, and maybe stimuli, stimuli that we created in some way, like you said, we don't necessarily know how we did it, but we did it. But the fact is, we still have to deal with it. And that's really where the yeah. art is. It's how are we going to deal right. with that, you know? That's right. Well, because... I know all the work I'm doing right now around emotions, you know, everything is always, well, you're creating, you're projecting that thing out into the 3D world so that you can get a reflection back to yourself to show yourself something. And it might be to show myself great joy or it might be show to myself great, you know, angst about the situation that I don't understand or the situation that I'm trying to get a handle on. Why do I, you know, why would I create that, you know? Why would I allow, allow that to be my reality? And, um, yeah, it's, it's very interesting, especially when somebody creates something in their lives that seems like a travesty. You know, it seems like a complete, you know, horror show or, or an unfortunate situation. It's like, well, what? Wait a minute. Why would I create that? You know, and, okay. Why would you? <laughs> well, well, kind of along the lines of what we're talking about here, we actually had a, a reader comment on one of the, episodes well it was a from a, a while back um it was back when david barkey and i were first starting to explore the book the astonishing power of emotions by abraham hicks mm. uh-huh. somebody somebody just saw that or listened to that particular podcast and they really liked it a lot but they made one comment that ties in directly to what we're saying the, the person name is ryan says ryan says i love asking the question how's your reality what are you seeing feeling vibrating and mm-hmm. that's that's really what we're talking about here. And then he follows up by saying, "65 percent of people just go blank and look straight through me." <laughs> uh-huh. When he asks him that question, when he asks the question, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Well, yeah, most people don't think that that's really what's happening. Um, they think that somehow they're just like victims of of unfortunate circumstances, or they're recipients of fortunate circumstances, and. It's exactly. kind of like they never know moment to moment what they're going to get next. And I don't even know what that moment to moment what I'm going to get next. I mean, I, I, I understand no, some of the stuff, but I still don't understand it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a sense when you – I think when I own the fact that I am creating it, it becomes a little bit more like, like a calculated game <laughs> in a certain sense. It's like, <laughs> well, there's some strategy going on here on some level. Somebody's, somebody's playing this for optimum um, – I like to say for optimum beauty, you know, That's certainly optimum expansion. Yeah. Um, but expansion can be, can be beauty ultimately. If you look at, at least look at nature all around us, it certainly reflects an expanding beauty most all the time, you know, 24 seven. If you're out in nature, well, maybe not if you're in the middle of an ice storm or something. You might not feel that, but, 
That can be very beautiful, too. But if you're freezing to death, it's not such a beautiful thing. Well, it's it's a different kind of beauty, but it's not necessarily the kind we want to experience at that moment in time. (laughs) Yeah. But but you asked a good question with today's topic. The the topic you raised is caught between a rock and a hard place with a question mark. And then Mm -hmm. you said, what do you do when you just don't know clearly what to do about the situation you were faced with? Well, that's pretty much my entire day right there. <laughs> so it's a good question. I knew this was good for you. I know that you, you, you got a lot of going on. Um, but so do I. So I, I decided, well, this is definitely where I'm at right now. If it's not a, it's not a hell yes, but it's also not a hell no. Um, and you like it. I'd like it to be one or the other. And I used to think, well, you know, I would hear Abraham talk about that and they would say, it's either a hell yes or a hell no, you know, and, I would say, okay, well, what about when it's, when it's gray? <laughs> so, um, you know, so that's what I put in this. So rather it has a lot about it that works well, maybe mm-hmm. even quite beautifully. And then it has a lot of other aspects that drive you crazy. So, you know, there you are sitting there between a rock and a hard place. I thought that was always such a funny saying. What's a hard place? But, you know, in this case, the hard place is, is not knowing, um, you know, one thing seems in, mo- immovable and the other one seems you know that i was keep thinking of that song um i don't know who who sang it but uh um i can't help uh, you I'm should sure i stay or should i go you know, oh should yeah I right should i go yeah uh if i stay there will be trouble if i go there will be double right and, uh, <laughs> very so optimistic song <laughs> yeah yeah very optimistic song. however i can relate to how sometimes we feel that way oh yeah uh, you know, that it's not, that decisions aren't just obvious. They're not just slam dunk clear. And I think I would have, I would have said previously in my life up until right now, I would have said, Oh, well, surely there is a, a better feeling way to go. Um, and then I still sort of say that there's always a feeling that feels a little bit more like the direction of resolution, the direction of ease, the direction of peace or the direction of um, accepting a certain challenge, you know, I mean, sometimes if we want to grow and, you know, you say, well, I don't really want to change this job I'm in because it's such a comfort zone for me. However, I would rather be doing something that seems more exciting to me and more fulfilling and more, you know, uses more of my talents and, and gifts. And so then you say, well, maybe I'm going to have to leave this job that's been so nice and cushy and pays me so well and go out and do something that I don't even know how I'm going to get paid. You know, mm. um, of course, not, not saying to leave the job before you're ready to go into the other thing, but you know, there is that thing of growing and, and sometimes there's growing pains, right? Oh yeah. And so the interesting um, thing is I'm, we never really leave the growing pains behind. I mean, they're always around and, hmm. and growing pains. I mean, it, it's actually a negative way to say it. Um, because growth usually does have some kind of pain associated with it, but it also usually has some kind of pleasure associated with it. It usually has something that feels good about it too. And that's the trick paying attention. Which one are you going to pay attention to? Are you going to pay attention to the pain or the, or the, the good feeling part? And that's where the, the whole law of attraction teaching for me, that's where the rubber meets the road because that's, Hearing this philosophy, hearing this, uh, this approach to how the universe works and so forth made more sense out of it than anything else I'd ever heard before. And what that did for me was give me a way to drive that road. Now at least I know which, 
you know, what, what tools are available to, now I know where the steering wheel is, right? <laughs> Before I didn't <laughs> even know where the damn steering wheel was. Yeah. And <laughs> what is that steering wheel for you? Uh, for me, it is the knowledge that I get to select how I'm going to react to any given situation and that will influence further situations. Mm. You know, so it's not like as good of a steering wheel as say the steering wheel of a car where I get instant response. I turn left, I go left, I turn right, I go right. But at least I can steer before. I mean, it was like I was tied to the mast with no rudder. You know, <laughs> now at least I have a rudder. Hey, we admitted the rub- rudder. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm feeling that I, when I'm feeling the, the both the, the black and the white, the dark and the light, the yes and the no, the, Hopeful and the not so hopeful, the, uh, expansive and the contractive all happening mm. simultaneously. Mm. Um, you know, part of me knows, I mean, what I put in the last sentence of this description of today's podcast is what are your options? What are your options? And yeah. So, so what are your, you know, what, what are your options? What, what are my options is one of them I was thinking is to, is to do in the moment what feels like I have to do, what feels the most um, necessary as well as you could say where the most relief is. Sometimes it's really is that a lot for me. I have a, I have a hard time not going towards what feels like relief. If I'm feeling stressed if I'm feeling, um, you know, challenged by the situation I'm in. And um, you know, it's, it's not as easy for me to stay, you know, on the top of the hot stove, you know, when it's burning me, you know, and mm. say, oh, well, this is, I'm going to just stay in this situation that is stretching the hell out of me. Um, but sometimes we need to get, just get relief. And other times I feel like I want to, I want to accept the fact that I don't know the answers yet. And yet I can wait, you know, there's sometimes there's just a waiting or there's a, um, just sort of getting into the moment and seeing what the next moment reveals. And one of the shows we did recently, one of the podcasts was about love, love, whatever is arising moment by moment, just find some way to embrace it with love. And rather than feeling um, terrified by it or feeling otherwise that I have to flee or um, that it's, that it's driving me crazy. I just say, well, whatever is arising, I'm going to love that. And then see where that leads me next. But that's not always easy to do either. You know, what does that mean? Love it. You know? <laughs> oh, no, it's not easy at all. That was actually pretty much the topic of yesterday's afternoon podcast with Wendy. Uh, cause mm. the topic was victimization and victimhood. And mm-hmm. in the course of discussing that, a few things emerged that, that became pretty obvious. One is everything that goes on in our lives is all about us. It's not about other people. It's about us which yeah. is in and of itself a rather startling uh, conclusion to come to. <laughs> but more, yeah. than, more than that, every time that we put ourselves into a place of not liking something and getting upset about something and, and attributing it to somebody else, that's when we're victimizing ourselves. We're turning ourselves into victims. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, making our, we're setting ourselves up to lose. And that's also pretty daunting. Because like you said, sometimes we don't know what the right way it is to go. How, how do you climb out of it? Where is the happy route? What is the happy feeling? I mean, Wendy's actually done a really good job in her life in terms of of helping herself deal with any situation that comes along and finding a way to reframe it so that it feels better, mm-hmm. and, which is a remarkably good skill she's developed and one that I still aspire to develop. 
and, and you can tell just by talking to her that, I mean, she has truly become a Pollyanna. She's become a, a true optimist who, who just believes that everything is always working out well for her. And mm. that's, that's a good thing. That's a really, really mm-hmm. good thing, but it's not mm. easy. I mean, like you were talking about, there's stuff that happens that just drives you crazy. And, and the, the, the challenge under those circumstances is to figure out how not to go crazy about it and instead to find something to love about it. That, that's not always easy. Yeah. And, you know, that there's that saying, you know, there, or that understanding that is the universe, is source orchestrating everything for us and the source always know what's the best thing. And so, you know, Abraham is always saying, you know, the, you know, what they're encouraging is that you got to relax and let source orchestrate your life. Just turn your boat downstream and quit, you know, set the oars inside the boat and quit trying so hard to navigate um, and, and quit trying so hard to row upstream. Of course, that's the main thing they're saying. Quit, quit trying to row upstream. Right, right. And I guess it's not that we don't have a rudder in our hands and we're navigating. I think we are, but we're also floating downstream um, to the direction or the orchestration of this higher power that, you know, as we've, I've said many times, you know, cause I, I don't know what else to say is that, you know, what's the thing that keeps the universe working so precisely? Every, all these aspects of the universe are our body with, you know, a hundred trillion cells. I mean, all cooperating somehow, all cooperating. And sometimes things get off, but they're, that's part of the cooperation too. You know, the thing that goes off is to teach us just like our emotions. You know, if we get a, a bad feeling, it's to teach us to turn more towards the light, to turn more back towards the direction of our source knowing, you know, of that, of that real inner knowing that we do have that we call source. And so, you know, is there, is there always the ability to say, no matter what's happening, it's, it's the right thing for right now. It is the right thing. And it wouldn't be happening if it wasn't the right thing. And, you know, you can have positive statements because I know that things are always working out from where, up for me. Therefore, if this is what's showing up, it must be part of what's working out for me, you know? <laughs> and, and I believe that. I mean, even, even what I'm going through right now with my partner, you know, it's, it's really difficult for me, but I feel like, this is what I ordered. This is what I ordered from the universe. You know, um, I, I've had this experience. My mother told me, you know, that when I was born that I wanted to really wanted to be born in the cab on the way to the hospital. She had to call a taxi because my dad had, to, <laughs> he wasn't there and he was taking my sister to go stay with the grandparents. And so they didn't expect her to go into labor while he was gone, but she did. Yeah. And were, so she were called the cab. To get here, I guess. I mean, it was pretty, pretty urgent for you to get here. Right. Right. And I probably told this story before, but, but, you know, my mother said, I didn't want you to be born in that dirty cab. I wanted it to be born in that sterile hospital. And so I held you in with all the force and power that I possibly could. And well, there's this whole, you know, literally birth trauma, um, style that's out there in the world of psychology is that when the mother hold you in really strongly, it makes the baby feel like it's going to be crushed and going to, that it, you know, it's got to be pretty confusing to the baby when the muscles of birth contraction are pushing the baby down the birth canal and the mother is pushing the baby back in the other direction, um, or at least blocking its, its delivery completely. And, um, so I feel like in my life, I've created a lot of situations over and over again where, 
I'm damned if I do and I'm damned if I don't. You know, it's like, which way, which, what do I do? I, I want to go forward, but the forward way seems blocked and I can't go backwards because I've already, I'm already in motion forward. And, um, that's when you're in that, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of place or you're caught between a rock and a hard place. And I feel like it's, um, you know, what, what I had to do at my birth obviously was I had to learn somehow to survive. Or, or I just did survive. I don't know what really happened, but I, I was thinking when I was born, you know, what was that like for me? <clears throat> because I must have felt great relief that I finally got out of that situation. And, um, but it's funny how I feel like in my life, I've recreate that situation over and over again to, you know, they say that we often create the situation that we've had of trauma in our early years. We create it over and over again because we're trying to find resolution about it. And uh, until we're able to fully own the emotions that are surrounding that whole thing, those that we can't, you know, get back into that alignment because we're still caught in the, in this experience of the trauma around it. Did you ever get the so, feeling that you wanted to be able to do do-overs though? I mean, it, it, it always seemed to me like life ought to be able to allow do-overs like mulligans, you know, yeah, a golfer yeah. takes a mulligan. You ought, you ought to have do-overs, I think. What's a, mul- oh, a mulligan, right? I thought that was that little thing on your chin. But uh, <laughs> that's a mulligan too, right? Okay. <laughs> but I don't play golf, so. so well, actually, mulligans aren't an official part of the golf rules anyway, so it doesn't matter. Oh, okay. <laughs> mulligans a do-over? Yeah, mulligans a do-over. It's not, not okay. allowed in golf. <laughs> I see. East Coast term. That's uh, right, yes. No. <laughs> But it's, but, but, but seriously, I mean, it's one of those things that uh, it, it, it. I don't know if maybe do over is kind of the, the the humorous or you know smart out way of saying it. But it seems to me that any time that we run into something we don't really want to be dealing with at that moment, we actually try to do do overs. We well, well, you know that that's part of what refocusing is often about. Really, you know, I don't want to go down that path, so do over. I'm going to go down this path instead. And mm-hmm. when I look at it that way, now a do-over seems to be a way to not just change my direction, but to kind of, I don't know, race is a little bit strong, try to uh, smooth over you know, the, the path I, wasn't, I was on before that I didn't like, that I wasn't enjoying. Because mm-hmm. really, that's what we're trying to do as deliberate creators. You know, uh, Right now, I'm on the path of not having a good relationship. I want to get onto the path of having a good relationship. I want a do-over. Yeah. Oh, okay. A do-over like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there's always that option. And to just say, you know, there's got to be a way to rethink this, to reframe this. You know, mm-hmm. that's what NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, is all about. You, yeah. you reframe whatever it is that you've got into this box that's not working. You, so you, you know, like you turn the light down, you turn the light up, or you, you think of it um, expanding, you think of it contracting. You do all these different things to that vision you're having of your problem and you end up, you know, often changing your state. And when the, your state is changed, then you start all of a sudden to let in solutions. You start to open up to possibility. And I think that's a lot what is one of our options when we feel stuck is to, is to change our state somehow. And that's often what Abraham will say, go general, you know, um, just, just get completely as far away from that situation as you can in your head or physically, whatever it takes, and 
and go on a go on a vacation, go go to the movie, go do something completely different, and then come back to it and see how you feel. I mean, that's obvi- obviously the way a lot of creativity takes place. If an artist is trying to produce a piece of music and they're stuck in the recording studio for you know, 24 hours. Well, sometimes they got to all go out to breakfast when they come back, then they're ready to, to create something, you know, somehow that going out to breakfast and forgetting about all this struggle they had trying to get that last part of the song, right. They come back and somebody just picks up their guitar and in a second they've got, they've got the end of the song, you know, Mm -hmm. and all they had to do was change their state. And, um, so I think there's that, but there's also the thing, like you were alluding to, I guess, of, you know, of somehow dropping the angst around it, somehow being able to say, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to keep, like you say, what Wendy does, you know, I'm not going to keep thinking of it in this way mm-hmm. that is obviously keeping me between a rock and a hard place. I mean, even to have that statement, right. I mean, would be in the law of attraction, you know, don't even make that statement because <laughs> of course then you will be there and you will see it that way. And if you think that there are situations where you can be completely stuck, well, then you can get completely stuck. And, and maybe there's maybe to even say to myself, well, okay, I'm not, I know I'm not really completely stuck. I know that life's always in motion. Things are always changing. And therefore I'm, there must be something here that is making this clear to me about what to do next, or it's making it clear just to wait. You know, cause getting ready to get ready to get ready to get ready is a good, a good solution often to, um, not being able to launch or not being able to show up the way I want to show up. But, uh, but the fact that I accept the fact, well, I'm still in the incubation process. This thing is still in the liminal zone. So as much as I would like to say, I know clearly what to do, I am still in the gray zone and that's okay. And then to accept that fact that I'm just, you know, this answer is going to evolve. It's going to show up. But for some reason, the best thing for me at this moment is to be in this gray zone. And that's actually, this is my best place to be and accept that. Mm-hmm. So much comes down to acceptance. It seems like you just really accept does. what yeah. is, you know, yeah. make peace with what is. We did a whole podcast on that. I was just, I don't know why this came to my mind, but I had this little metaphorical image video kind of a thingy come to my mind in which I imagined us walking in a natural setting and you and me, well, us as listeners and as, <laughs> as, you know, I mean, yeah, sure. You and I, we could be doing it too, but any us, it doesn't matter. Anyone who's involved uh, in this conversation. Um, yeah. but we're, we're walking in nature and there are a lot of plants in nature that have prickers or, you know, it's brambles, thing, things that hang on to your, to your clothing, that grab onto you. Some of them just kind of, you know, stick to your clothing. Some of them will, the, mm-hmm. the whole plant will hold on to you because, you know, the, the, the stickers are, you know, grabbing on so hard. And mm-hmm. it made me realize that that's kind of an analogy of what happens when we run into difficulty. Sometimes we run into no brambles at all. Sometimes it's just, you know, smooth going. Everything's great. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you know, we get little prickers that's, that attach to our, our shirt or to our sweater or whatever it is. And, you know, it doesn't impede us from going along, but we have to remove them, you know, pull them off mm-hmm. gently and toss them to the ground and so forth. Or in mm-hmm. Wendy's terminology, flick them away. Sometimes mm-hmm. we run into a bramble that is so strong, it, it grabs under our clothing and, and we can't even walk anymore. I mean, it's just holding us in place. And that, <laughs> that's almost like the equivalent of being stuck, right? 
Cause, mm-hmm. cause yeah. now you're just, there's nowhere to go. And so now you actually have to take time to stop, recognize that you're caught in a bramble. And then very carefully peel off all the little prickers that are holding you in place so that you can be free to go on with your walk. And mm-hmm. it, it struck me that that little imagery, so to speak, is very descriptive of that gray range of possible situations that can occur and how each one has its own different kind of way for us to respond to it if we want to reframe and turn it into something positive. So if we're walking Without uh, any kind of impedance, well, that's just fun. That's great. You know, that's like this is this is the abundant lifestyle. If we're mm-hmm. walking along, we pick up a few uh, prickers, but they don't keep us from walking. They're they're like an annoyance, but we don't have to spend a lot of time on it. I mean, we could spend a lot of time saying, "Oh, I got all these prickers on my on my shirt. Oh, this is such a pain in the neck. I have to get these off." You know, which yeah. is probably not the best way to go, <laughs> right? Well, we say, we created them. Well, yeah, yeah, and that makes it even more confusing because I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't intend to create it, and oh my god, I created it on my shirt <laughs> but you did intend to create it well i didn't yeah. necessarily consciously create it let's put it that way That's right not, you know i didn't now, i didn't think I, I i went out and say oh you know what i'm going to take a walk in nature today i'm going to get little prickers on my shirt right. <laughs> right, right, right 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 no i've even literally gone up into the foothills and gotten cactus in my in my ass and my feet you know and, ah! and i didn't intend to but i did you know and it's like and but then i go well i created that why did i create that you know mm-hmm. But, but even more, what are you going to do about it? How are you going to react, react to it? What's your response going to be? Right. Because that's really what we're, what we're talking about. We're trying to figure out how to respond to these situations. Are we going to respond in a way that gets frustrated and pissed off and angry and blame somebody else and all that kind of stuff? Or are we just going to deal with it, accept it, move past it, and move on? Yeah, and, and, and one reason I, I picked this topic today is because I'm in a situation where I feel like I, I'm in, I, either, I either live with certain challenges in the relationship I'm in, or I, uh, I give up the incredible beauty that I love so much in the relationship. And I say, well, the, the problems are too big for me to get around. And therefore I can't be in this relationship, you know, because I, I can't be in a position where it's crazy making constantly with my partner, where I'm bringing crazy making into her life and into my life. And so it's like, well, either, either make a decision, you know, like, is this, you know, is the beauty so great that you can't live without it? Or is, are the difficulties so great that you can't live with them? And, you know, what's, what's it going to be? And I find that the, the, the ironic thing, it's, it's that, well, I want both, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, no, I don't want both, but I mean, I want, I want to have the beauty and I don't, I just want to have it without the problems. That's all. (laughs) And it's like, well, you you know, what if you can't, you know, what if you can't have it without the problems, then do you want it? You know? And it's like, well, um, (laughs) I don't know, you know? So that's where, let me get back to you on that one. (laughs) What that's where it comes out. What are your options? That's why I was wanted to explore that because what are my options? Mm, You know, do do I really, do I just, you know, cause obviously I'm burning, I'm burning her out on the topic, you know, do I stay or do I go? And I'm burning myself out on the topic. I, it's like becoming just, it's just so painful. And, um, and yet I really want the beauty. I want the beauty of this relationship. I really love it. And I mm-hmm. think it's, it's the most tender love I've ever experienced in my life. And wow, the most, some of the most beautiful love I've ever felt in my life. And so it's hard to say, 
oh, well, I can walk away from this because these problems are just too big, you know, but the problems seem insurmountable. And so <laughs> it's like, okay, well, then, okay, <laughs> I don't know what to do. So it's obviously something I'm creating be- from probably that that situation I had at my birth, you know, of, you know, wanting to be born and the, the complete innocence, you know, there's a, there's a part of us that's incredibly innocent and it's just doing the best it can do all the time. And that, that innocent part of me seems to as much appreciate the beauty as it does have concern about the problems. You know, it's, I innocently believe the problems are really, 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 really big. And I innocently believe the beauty is really, really, really incredible. And, um, and because you keep believing that, it becomes true. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that, that does create a dilemma. Yeah. Cause you believe both. Yeah. 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 And I don't know how to, how to change, you know, which, what, which I believe, you know, like I was saying to my partner yesterday, you know, like, like, what would you do if you were in my shoes? And you, you, you know, and she didn't have an answer, mm-hmm. you know, so. Well, um, I guess that's one, one route. Possible route would be is reframing, trying to find ways to reframe and see if, if reframing helps, helps you, uh, um, accept and live with it better or accept not living with it better or whatever the final decision is going to be. But, yeah. uh, I mean, reframing certainly is one possible route. Yeah. And I know that, that Abraham would say, you know, look, there's plenty of possible relationships out there. And if mm-hmm. you're, if you're not, if this just isn't flowing and you're not, and you're really not enjoying it, to the fullest, then, then, um, you know, go for a different situation. And of course they also say, reframe it in your mind constantly to where you're always focusing on what you appreciate, mm-hmm. focus on what you appreciate. Don't focus on what you have difficulty with and that the universe has the capability of turning the things you have difficulty with into, into beauty. You know, it can, it can do that when you just get your focus so exclusively onto the things that you do appreciate and the mm-hmm. things you do love. Mm-hmm. And, and I've, worked with that for a year in this relationship. I've worked with putting my focus on the things I love and continually I've struggled with that and I've been at ease with it. I've done both. And then these other things keep them on the, you know, they've been on the back burner because they haven't gone away. And then, you know, it's like, well, they're still there boiling away. And, uh, and I I guess some of this has to do with um, better or worse, right? Because uh, one of the main guidances that Abraham gives us is you may be in a place where on the emotional set point scale, you may be in a place where uh, like you're low down the scale and you can't reach the high point of the scale. So you reach for something a little bit more uh, immediately close to you, something better Mm -hmm. rather than ideal. Mm -hmm. And and so that makes me wonder, well, okay, you've been doing this. You've been dealing with this relationship for a year. You've been going back and forth between these two poles, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Currently with all of what you've gone through, is it better or worse? And makes me wonder what what answer that would be because if it's better now that gives you one more piece of information about you know has it has there been progress do you feel like you're moving forward? Hmm. Yeah, and I was talking about this last night, and I felt no, I'm in the same place. You know, I mean, maybe that's just a uh, <clears throat> excuse me, it's um maybe just a a way that I frame things. You know, like that's that's my habit is to frame them as a dilemma rather than to frame them as uh, that I do know, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that part of me does know something here. And it's just that I can't admit the fact that I know 
something, you know, and, and that's lately I've been admitting the fact that, you know, well, it just can't work. I just can't make this work. So, and you, the other so you're kind of, of like in, in the metaphor I talked about before, you're kind of like the guy who's, who's caught on his clothing onto uh, a bramble that's so strong that he can't <clears> even get away from it. It's just, it's, it's holding him. And, and the only way he's ever going to be able to get away from this plant is if he takes the time to individually take every pricker out of his shirt so he can move on. Something like that. I mean, it reminds me, I was just thinking of this analogy my teacher from India used to always give. He said that it's like this guy, he comes to, uh, he comes to this, upon this show where this guy's selling, uh, this magic elixir that, um, you know, it's like, you know, supposed to be like the fountain of youth. And the guy's up there and he's, he's, you know, giving his sales pitch to this group of people that have gathered around him and he's saying, this is the greatest stuff, you know, and you, you need this and this will give you so much rejuvenation into your life and all this stuff. So the guy's in the back and he's got, he's got just enough money in his pocket to pay for it. He could buy a bottle of this stuff, mm-hmm. but he's not sure. So he's in his pocket. He's rubbing the coins back and forth. He's rubbing them back and forth and he, you know, he can't decide. So he's like, oh, should I do this or should I not do this? Should I do this? Should I not do this? Should I do this? Should I not do this? Finally, Everybody's starting to leave and there, a lot of people have bought a bottle and the guy's got one bottle left and, and the guy, <laughs> and this guy, he's the only person left and he, he, he says, okay, I'll take it. And he walks up and he pulls the coins out to hand to the guy and the guy looks at the coins and he goes, well, I can't, this, I can't buy, you can't buy it with this. And he says, why not? That's the right amount. And he goes, well, there's nothing on these coins. There's, they've been rubbed to where there's nothing, there's no, that they're not coins anymore. <laughs> and the guy had spent so long hesitating that he completely lost the, the opportunity entirely. And I feel like in my life, that's kind of what, how I've lived a lot of my life, you know, is, is rubbing those coins back and forth about what should I really do? You know, I've been thinking about what I want to do when I grow up since I was about in my thirties, you know, during my, 20s, I knew what I wanted to do and I was doing it and everything was fine. But then when that ended, I said, what do I want to do next? So I started rubbing my two coins together. Well, I'm still rubbing them together in a sense, you know. And, well, I, uh, I have to give that guy credit, actually. I mean, do you realize how much strength it takes to rub a coin <laughs> to the point where you can't even t- tell what the coin is anymore? That well, takes a lot. Soft metal. It was real soft metal. Well, you've got to remember that. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was quite a feat. I was thinking about that. Like, wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, right, right, right. But I always thought that story related to me. You know, it was like I, when he told that story, I always think, that's me. You know, that's, that's what I do. You know? I've done and, that uh, an awful lot in my life. And I feel like I'm doing that in this relationship. You know, it's like I'm going back and forth enough and letting her know enough that I'm in this dilemma that it's, I think it's just wearing her out, you know, and of course. It, well, it know, doesn't I, just wear her out. It wears you out. It wore me out. I mean, I was <laughs> literally, seriously, I did that for a long, long time. And inevitably, all I was doing was just driving myself nuts. Oh, I see when you were doing that in your relationships. That's much in relationships, more, more, um, career and, uh, Money wise, I, I, relationships, I didn't have too much trouble doing anything like that, but, but anything related to money, I was always just so indecisive and, and getting to the point where I did this year where, I mean, Joel was, had talked with me about this quite a bit on, on earlier podcasts, you know, dating back a few years, how, you know, you, you, you not only drive yourself crazy, but you hold yourself back with the indecisiveness. And Mm -hmm. he was advocating the idea of don't plan. The planning is driving you nuts. Just stop planning and start doing. 
just go with what feels good and just follow that route. And mm. I have to say that that's a good approach. I like it because I've been doing it this year, not as consistently cons- consistently as I would like, but a lot more than I ever did in the past. And oh boy, I can see the difference already. I mean, it, going it really with what going with what feels good at, at any given moment. Just go for it. You know, what, mm-hmm. not not even so much what feels good, although that is part of it. It's more just go with what my impulse says to me. I, I okay, I know what my my overall desire is. My impulse says go this way to get to that desire. Okay, I'll just right. go. I won't figure it out. I won't try to plan it. I won't try to you know map it out step by step. I'm just going to go. And yeah. as I'm going, I'll re- okay, this has to happen. Okay, I'll react this way and I'll react that way again. I'll react this way and I'm reacting, reacting, reacting. And when you do that, an amazing thing happens. You get unstuck. Mm-hmm. You just you're not stuck anymore. I mean, it's not always a comfortable route. It's not yeah. always a comfortable trip, but you're not stuck anymore. And boy, does that feel better. Right, right, right. And, you know, you can, you know, I mean, I could, I could, you know, not, not go back and see my partner and just sort of live my life and, and, uh, and find a way to just go on, you know, just be happy, just forget about it. Um, and that the funny thing is that that's, you know, what, what pattern then am I choosing then, you know, and I'll always, you know, if it's, if life is only happening in this moment, there really is no such thing as time, time, you know, and that really what's always happening is that we always have a brand new, fresh opportunity for Mm -hmm. something, you know, it's always a brand new, fresh opportunity. So there really isn't ever anything to regret in a sense, because there's infinite smorgasbord of possibilities or, lie before us all the time mm. and um but on the other hand it's like when i think for example of leaving my partner i feel like i'm i am giving up the most one of the most precious things i've ever experienced in my life and so it's 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 fascinating to say well wait a minute you know like surely there's you know just going on and just saying all oh, well, i'll just see what the next moment brings is is it's hard you know like it's weird you know it's sort of like aren't I making a mistake? Aren't I making a mistake? You know, and that's, that's, I think what I deal with, you know, the part of me that feels like surely I can't trust the, this choice I'm making because it, you know, how could you leave something like that? You know, how could you leave something like that? You can't, you know, I, like that's what I'm saying to myself, you know, so, and, so and to borrow maybe, the words from Frank Sinatra, um, regrets, I've had a few, but in the end, the final curtain. Yeah. That's okay. really what what how I would summarize what you just said. I think. In the end, the final curtain. Yeah, like okay, so I've had some regrets, but ultimately, I die. Yeah. Okay, so how do I feel about those regrets now? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's. Well, I don't know. I don't well, know what that does. Well, well, to me, that means. What's the point of the of the regret? That's what that means. Why oh, yeah. bother to regret? Ultimately, yeah. Ultimately, you're you're going to be moving on, and you're always moving on, and so you always do have a brand new possibility. Yeah. And so why why are you regretting anything? You know, like take I'm, and and take not that that you, stops me. I mean, I, I still regret. I mm-hmm. but what it does help me to do is to regret less, and that's mm-hmm. that to me is improvement. The less that mm-hmm. I can, I I the more that I can get myself out of regretting, the less of time that I spend regretting is the more time that I have to spend living. Mm-hmm. That's the way I see it. 
I want to, I don't want to regret. I want to leave yeah. the regret behind. Say, yeah, yeah. I'm done with that regret. Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you for the message. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's a, it's that question. How much does a person need to grieve? Um, you know, because you lost your, your son, you know, was killed in battle or something and you're, you know, you, you had so much love for your son and, and now he's gone. And it's like, so how soon do you let go of the grief, mm-hmm. you know, and, and how long, you know, how, how important is it to, to do, to do that grieving? Cause according to, um, I know the Abraham stuff, they've, I've heard them say, you know, grief is, is a joke. You don't need it at all. You know, you can just move on. You know, it's like, it's just this grief idea is just a big illusion, you know, and, and yet as a human being, who loves and cares about others and, and is engaged in life, it seems like grief has a natural place. And that, and that sometimes if you're feeling something really deeply and strongly, it, yeah, you, I could keep forcing myself to not think about it until, you know, I just get it completely out of my head. And, um, I don't know. It seems like there's a natural cycle to things that you, sometimes it's important to, to learn from life, what, what it's showing me, you know, I create projections in order to learn something. And, um, you know, I don't know. We all create, well, there's also gray area. I mean, you, you, you described one part of the gray. Another part of the gray is where, um, I choose to grieve and I continue to grieve and I choose to grieve and grieve and grieve and grieve and grieve. And that's that's the other extreme, right? That's the other extreme. Yeah. So what we're, what I think we're really looking for is where's the middle ground? Yeah. And, and to me, it's, it's a lot about my own, um, willingness to, to be in my, in the emotions that come up, in the feelings that are there and to, to be able to feel them and then take the message that the feeling has, you know, be able mm-hmm. to let it, let the feeling take me to back to that alignment, you know, that that's what the feelings are for. They're for getting me back in touch with my, my knowing self, my source self, my, the part of me that does know the answer to these things, you know, cause there's something in there that does know, uh, always really what's the best thing for us to do. And have you been and, getting the answers? Um, yes and no, you know, see, I get, I get one answer if I think about it one way and I get another answer if I think about it another way. I get one answer when I'm talking about it in one way and another answer when I'm experiencing it in a different way. So there's, it's it's a it's a dichotomy that I haven't been able to resolve. So, so are you asking for clarity? Is that what you're putting? I'm asking the universe for clarity. Yeah, I'm asking myself for clarity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm asking for resolution, clarity, and I'm also asking for love. I'm asking to be able to feel love, um, as a as a stronger thing than than my mental decision. I I would like the my heart to make the decision instead of my mind. You know and Sometimes, you know, like, like if you're, if you're with, um, somebody and they, you're, you're trucking along in a relationship and everything's fantastic and suddenly that person contra- contracts a, a terminal illness, so-called terminal illness. And yet, you know, you, you just been having fun with that, with your partner. And then suddenly you're going to become their caretaker. And this happens to a lot of people with their parents. It happens with their partners, especially in the age I'm getting to. There's a lot of friends who are taking care of a partner who, who is going to be dying, you know, or they're certainly going to be going through 10 years of, of deterioration because they've got some kind of a, an illness. And, um, and so then the whole thing becomes a question in my mind of, 
of, of love. It becomes a question of dedication to, to the heart, you know, cause you're, you're loving that you're loving the soul of that other person. You're loving the thing that you love in them and the thing that you, you're activating the love inside your own heart rather than, um, abandoning them and saying, Oh God, what a pain in the ass this is, you know, Oh God, I never signed on to be, you know, we were having a blast and now, and now she's got this illness and now I'm going to be taking care of her. Well, you know, that's scary stuff in my mind. I can see, it's not as scary if you've been with somebody for 30 years and you've already dedicated yourself to them and now they're ill and you're going, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to walk away. You know, I'm not going to like find another partner because this one's not fun anymore. I'm going to go through this. Even when it's not fun, I'm going to be changing their bedpan or I'm going to be fixing their meals and, and, and helping them get in and out of the chair or whatever I've got to do because I, I love them and I'm, I'm going to cultivate that love. Well, I think there's also another option in there too. I think there are actually mm-hmm. a lot of options in there. Um, mm-hmm. for instance, there's the option of believing and selecting that the person doesn't have to be sick for 10 years. I mean, that, right. that's a choice. The yeah. person, the person being sick and in deterioration for 10 years is a choice. Ultimately, it's a choice that the person makes, but it's also a choice that the, the, the partner makes. The partner gets to decide, is that person going to be in that state for 10 years? Or am I going to think about it differently? Am I going to focus on it differently? It, we, yeah. we, we all have the choice. How are we going to right. Uh, right. relate and react to that notion that, oh, it's got to be 10 years? Right, right, right. And I was giving that as an example. And, yeah, yeah. And, but oh, yeah. Maybe, but, well, maybe, but maybe you're queuing in on a cue, on a key thing here, which is um, your attitude every moment towards what's happening is your make or break as to what happens next, you know, right. your vibration is going to attract the next thing. Exactly. And therefore, if like, you can do like Wendy, where no matter what the situation is, you somehow find the way to say, well, I'm going to take these lemons and turn this into lemonade. You know, I'm going to not, not just believe that I'm drinking a bitter brew. I'm going to somehow sweeten it up. I'm going to find a way to make, you know, don't you love people like that who, no matter what the situation is, they somehow, find a way to be happy. They find a way to laugh about it or they, you know, I remember, you know, some of the relatives I had, my grandfather was like that. He mm-hmm. could, he can seemingly, you know, could make something happy, you know, that or, ordinarily you could say that he could just as well be suffering, but his general attitude was always like, look to the bright side. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he lived to be 97, 98 years old. Mm-hmm. Sure. Crawling around his house in a diaper. So, you know, <laughs> oh, there's all kinds of great possibilities out there, you know, like, but, but I'm sure his attitude, I have a feeling his attitude probably till the last was, was not, I, I doubt if he ever really decided that he was, you know, a, a miserable person, you know, cause he probably cultivated that attitude. I wasn't with him during those last years, but, um, yeah. <laughs> On that note, um. <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting though, because the way you've been describing all of this, you, you, you very neatly show how you have kind of put yourself into a corner, mm-hmm. you know, and, and in doing so, I mean, first of all, any of us who are listening can identify with it. We've all done that. We've all been there. Second of all, we also realize that sometimes it's good to laugh at it, um, Third, we also know that sometimes it's good to delve into it. Fourth, sometimes it's good to just kind of run away from it. Sometimes, <laughs> so, sometimes it's good to just change the topic. 
you know, yeah. the, the, the bottom line is the only person who ever remains stuck is the person who chooses to be stuck. Mm-hmm. And so the question at that point becomes, are you going to remain stuck? Right. Mm. Or are you going to move on? Or are you going to move on? Yeah. And take the best of everything and move on or take the best of everything and stay. Which so, is exactly what that song that by The Clash that you were referring to earlier on the show is all about. Is that the clash? Uh-huh. Yeah. Should I, should, should I stay or should I go? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it isn't about necessarily being with a person. It's literally any decision that comes to our life. Which way we're going to go? We're going to go this way. We're going to go that way. Right. And whether or not you're going to say to yourself, if I stay, there will be trouble. If I go, there will be double trouble. Yeah. Well, and if am I going to decide to be stuck in that place? Am I going to stay at that crossroad and just decide I'm going to stay here? Because mm-hmm. I'm not sure which way to go. So I'm just going mm-hmm. to stay here. Mm-hmm. And do I like staying here? No. Well, then why are you staying there? <laughs> yeah. And sometimes like that story of my teacher from India, that life will make a decision if you hesitate long enough. Eventually. Oh, yeah. Life is, you know, you're going to, you're going to rub the, the face off your coins and, <laughs> and, uh, and the guy won't even let you have the bottle at that point. Of the elixir, you know. <laughs> and meanwhile, P.T. Barnum comes along and says, amazing man can wipe the face off a coin. Come and see it. <laughs> <laughs> Just by rubbing it together. <laughs> I heard that back in the day, they used to make a lot of uh, coins out of really soft metal. Oh, yeah. Um, coins have been made out and of that, all kinds of metal. Remember you would bite it. Uh, what was that? I guess you would bite gold because. Gold was a relatively gold? soft metal. Yeah. Gold is a soft metal. Yeah. yeah. Gold and silver. And if both you wanted them. to see if it was real gold, then you would actually bite it and see if it left put an teeth marks in it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. If, I don't know exactly how this fits in, but um, I saw a video of the young man who recently won the. Uh, I can't remember what the show is called. America's Got Talent or some equivalent name like mm-hmm. that. He, mm-hmm. was a, he was a card magician, and mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, that, that alone is surprising that you win something like that. But secondly. He had this really great trick where uh, I won't try to describe the entire trick, but the bottom line is uh, it was like, here's pick a card, look at your card, put it back in the deck. And then we're going to go through all these different gyrations to make it really, really clear that everything is all mixed up. And at the very, very end, he had, he puts part of the cards, piles of cards in front of each of four people who were involved in this thing, including himself. And they all grab the top card and the top card is a Jack. And you say, what? <laughs> What just happened here, you know? But literally, when you look at what happened as, as you know, because when a magician does a, a, a trick like that, they're, they're telling you a story, right? And the story mm-hmm. is part of how they're setting up the trick and setting up the sleight of hand and so forth. And, and when mm-hmm. the story is done, you're amazed, like, oh, my God, how could that be? That, that, that can't possibly be. But it is. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it strikes me that's very, very similar to being at a crossroad. Because the crossroad was, okay, well, everybody's thinking – Where's this, in this case, was a jack of clubs. Where's the jack of clubs? Mm-hmm. And what actually turns out to be the result is not only do we know where the jack of clubs is, but we know where the jack of spades and the jack of hearts and the jack of diamonds are, and they're on top of all four of our piles. How did we mm-hmm. get there? Well, I'm not really sure how he did the trick, but what a cool trick because he basically demonstrated that we aren't limited to that one thought that we thought we had to deal with. The only reason mm-hmm. we were limited to it is because he kind of directed us to to be limited that way, you know, like, oh, it mm-hmm. has to be about the jack of clubs. Well, no, it actually mm-hmm. doesn't. It can be a lot more than that. 
The yeah. only reason it's about the Jack of Clubs is because we decided it was about the Jack of Clubs. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 And that's a lot what all of our projections are. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're things that we've decided and we've, we project them into reality and then we get to decide what we're going to do with it next. And, uh, so we're never victims of the situation. And that, in a way, that's whole podcast. I'm sort of describing victimhood. In a lot of ways, you know, saying right. that, yeah, but, but I'm a victim of this situation. You know, I'm mm-hmm. somehow, I've, I've painted myself into a corner exactly, and yeah. I, don't know, I don't know how to, how to not be in that corner now because I, I painted my whole floor that way. And now, you know, there's nowhere to step. And, um, but really there are other alternatives. And that's, that's the funny thing. That's, there's always, I, and I've experienced that even in this relationship, how, how, I've watched magic happen and things transform right before my eyes mm. that I thought were locked that, that were, they were just realities that I was locked into. And it's, and I, and when I've looked into what Abraham says on this topic, one of their dominant messages is there is always a whole lot more going on than you think. And there is always the potential for magic to happen. The universe is at the helm here and the universe you know, has potential to, to create things that are way beyond what you thought was possible, mm-hmm. you know? And so, you know, literally magic can happen. And, um, and so by you boxing yourself in a corner saying, well, it's either A or B, it's either like this or it's like that. And, um, you know, and, and I'm stuck because, I, cause I don't know how to be in either A or B. And in a way, what I feel like Abraham says is to the eyes of the universe who's orchestrating your life, it's just wanting you to get out of the way so it can show you the magic. It's, it's wanting to show you how solution is built into every moment and that you're creating dilemmas is actually not, not necessary. It, the only reason you have a dilemma is because you are manufacturing that dilemma. And it's also and, telling you that the way out of the dilemma is just start with better or worse, better or worse. Is it better to go this way or is it worse to go that way? And you just go that way and find out what happens next. Because that's really what, well, what, what yeah, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen next. Or just go general, you know, and, well, yeah, and then come, yeah. come back to it later, you know, yeah. or, you know, just see what, well, what does the universe do when I go general? What does mm-hmm. the universe do when I make this choice? And how do I surrender to allow it and, and not quit putting my influence in there so strongly? Oh, we're just about out of time, I see. We certainly are. So my choice at this point is to put out the, the two main messages that we always put out, which is, number one, if you're not yet a subscriber, please become a subscriber. The instructions are on the homepage at LLAwayToday.net. I won't go say any more without enough time. <laughs> Second is, make sure that you put out notes saying you've been listening to LLAwayToday.net on your favorite social media and keep doing it every time you're listening to one of these shows because it helps. Our, our listenership is increasing. I mean, it's increasing fairly quickly. Uh, actually, Tom, I'd like it to increase a whole a lot quicker than it has, but since like three months ago, we have doubled the number of plays, and it, it's actually higher than that now. I'm looking at the number of individual uh, plays per episode, and yeah. all the episodes that are about a week old right now, the average is 191 plays. Three months ago, that was about 100. Hmm. You know, after a week, it was like, wow, this is great. All right. So there we are. Fantastic. Well, Tom, this has been a good discussion. I look forward to yeah. talking to you next week. I hope you have a great weekend. I will. You too. All right. And we hope that you'll join us next time as well, listeners, here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. 